Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 33 of Musical Connections. Zach Snow here once again with you, and we got another jam-packed episode lined up for you this week. We're going to be talking to country singer-songwriter Mallory Johnson. We're going to speak to her all about her award-winning album, Surprise Party, plus her time in her family band, The Cormiers, growing up in Conception Bay South, her time with the Spirit of Newfoundland, and a whole lot more. We're going to get to that in Next to Connect right after this week's newfound releases. And another great lineup of newfound releases to get through this week. And we start with a group that ended up getting second place at the newfound talent contest this past June. And it comes from Dominic Lamouche and Shauna Granger, otherwise known as Alter. Here's their new tune for you now. This is Descending Times right here on Newfound Releases.
that is Alter for you on newfound releases with Descending Times. And now we go to a regular contributor of this segment, DK. Here's his new tune, Tell Me So, right here on Newfound Releases. Always one K, pushing through the tough days, maintain a steady pace, keep a smile on my face, church. Realize my own work, got the ball rolling, about to elevate from the third. I've been called down, counted out, hated and hurt, but I kept my head high, just stuck with the work, yeah. Finally in my own avenue, came from open mics to flights and big capitals. Just imagine what tomorrow will bring, I put my heart and soul in it, leave it all in the ring, yeah. Been no quitter, natural born winner. Been hungry since the beginning. Turn rappers to warm dinner. Put my head through the ringer, but I never lost vision. Pushing through the mental prisons of giving it everything I got. Shine like kilowatts, your boy, the juggernaut. Claiming the top spot, formulating the plot. Won't stop to my demise. Cutting loose ties and all the negative vibes. I'm Finally feeling established, I put an end to the madness and walked away from the ashes, yeah. They try to tell your flame and belittle your name, but I still remain the same, Mr. K, baby. for you on newfound releases with tell me so we now go to jenny mallard now this song is her latest single from her debut album into the deep and it's the first track that you'll hear on into the deep this is i want you right here on newfound releases you got your head in the clouds you got nothing figured out you are reckless and there's no stress I can't figure out why you keep on catching my eye But you still do, and I like you And all I have is broken wings Damaged from a few different things I cannot talk, my clumsy tongue is on mute But every thought leads me back to you ooh, ooh, You got me feeling like ooh, ooh. Unsuspecting girl's heart race My 
like your face I don't know how to show you that I wanna get to know you But I sure do So I have to And all I have is love-struck eyes Thinking you're different from all other guys I cannot talk, my clumsy tongue is on mute But every thought leads me back to you here on Newfound Releases. We now go to Ken Tizzard and Music for Goats. It was great to catch up with Ken a couple of weeks ago when he brought his Whiskey Wednesday show live to play on Gower, of course, the new home of Music NL. Here's their new song from the DAG sessions coming out later this year. This is Dollar a Day, right here on Newfound Releases. My way, it was empty in his business eyes. He made no move to step aside, he disregarded me. His brain was bleeding compromise. It would be a rude awakening if I knocked him down and stole away his shoes. There's no place that I'd rather be, and that place is anywhere here but next to you. Gonna chill back for a dollar a day. You'll trade away your years to fight the fears they feed you for a dollar a day. Well, I stopped along the way to hear a politician speak. He stood to stand for something He promised better futures For everyone who took The line and got behind him He grew ugly and unwise As he lied about the lies And how they made him feel The cracks 
releases with Ruck Reed and I just found out about this guy from these uh, guys that call themselves Forgive Our Greed Entertainment or Fog Entertainment and um, very interesting discovery this week and uh, thank you to the guys for sending this along. Here's Ruck Reed's new single, Trouble Bound right here on Newfound Releases.
Another new fan releases is in the books. If you have any new music for this segment, email your bio, your Waven MP3 file, some press photos, and production credits to musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. All right, let's get to next to connect this week. We are going to be speaking to country singer-songwriter Mallory Johnson. We talked to her all about her award-winning album, Surprise Party, plus her time in her family band, The Cormiers, growing up in Conception Bay South, and also her time with Spirit of Newfoundland, which shaped her into the performer that she is today. We'll talk about all that and more in Next to Connect with country singer-songwriter Mallory Johnson. Alrighty, welcome back to Musical Connections. Zach Snow back with you once again, and joining me right now, this woman is a tour de force in the country music genre right now, with her award-winning album Surprise Party, which got an East Coast Music Award for Country Recording of the Year. Growing up in a musical family, she has made waves in the country music genre since moving over to it in 2018, with her self-titled EP coming out around that same year, and Surprise Party coming out last October. She is set to make more waves as she is set to open for Washboard Union as part of the George Street Festival coming up later in July and set to go out with a few dates with Serena Ryder coming out in August. Joining me right now from Nashville to talk about Surprise Party and a whole lot more, the one and the only Mallory Johnson. Mallory, welcome to Musical Connections. Hey, hey, Zach. Thanks for the awesome intro. I should just take it all my gigs and get you to introduce me on stage. That was so lovely. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm looking for hosting gigs right now. Listen, if you want someone to like hype <laughs> you up, hire me, please. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll take all the hype I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you definitely deserve it. Um, of course, uh, I followed your career for a couple of years now. And especially in the country music scene, you've really made some waves, of course, with, uh, you know, songs like Wise Woman, Married. Um, the surprise party, which uh, came out back in October, and I was actually there for the release party, and what a night it was! Yeah. And you, oh, it was so much fun! <laughs> oh yeah, drinking surprise party sours and uh, mingling with uh, a lot of your friends, and also uh, I got to meet Danny Strong, your manager, for the first time, which was <laughs> which was great. So um, once again, congratulations on the success surprise party has uh, received, and um, yeah, great to have you on again because I've been wanting to get you on for uh, quite a long time. Yeah, I feel like we kind of just keep missing each other. It's uh, you know, we want to have a little interview or a chat at Music Canal or ECMA or whatever the case may be. And um, I'm glad we're finally getting to do this. So it's nice to nice to catch up and talk music and other things. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and let's get right into it. So uh, first things first, uh, Mallory, how are things in your world right now? Uh, my world is going pretty great. Uh, I love my team right now. I'm so excited to be promoting and touring this music, especially off a surprise party. I'm already writing for a new project, which awesome. I'm really pumped about. I mean, that's in the very early stages. Like, I don't even know who's going to produce that project. But okay. um, I basically have enough songs for a new record. So, um, yeah, so working on some new songs, playing some really exciting shows, crossing some festivals and venues and uh, off the bucket list. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the momentum and enjoying the ride that, you know, these this catalog of music has allowed me to do. So, Yeah, and that is wicked. We will talk about Surprise Party later on because uh, – I got a lot to ask you because um, you've done quite a lot and uh, I would say like 20 plus years you've been in music and that goes way back to when yeah. you were uh, in the family band, the Cormiers, of course, with your mother, Loretta Johnson, your uncle Gordon and uh, your cousin Randall. 
Um, but we'll get yeah. to that in a moment. But I want to go back to uh, your very early days, uh, growing up here in uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador. Now, of course, uh, I would consider your hometown Conception Bay South, but uh, you can correct you can correct me on this. Uh, and I know I'm 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 wrong on this, but um, what was it like growing up in a musical family, Mallory? Um, you know what? I am so thankful that I grew up in a musical family. Uh, you know, just holidays alone being, you know, having that traditional kitchen party where, you know, you have accordions and, and mandolins and guitars and everyone's singing, people step dancing. So growing up around that, it's just kind of become a part of me. It's become part of my soul. Like I'm the type of person that I hear the bagpipes. I get emotional just hearing <laughs> those type of instrumentation growing up around that, you know, at every, um, at every wedding and, and funeral on the West coast, my family, you know, people were piped in with the bagpipes. My uncles played the bagpipes. So like that instrument alone means so much to me. Um, yeah, it was just so special to grow up around it. And it just kind of gave me, gave me that bug, gave me that ear. Uh, and I just can't imagine really doing anything else. For sure. And uh, I did say, uh, you did mention you grew up on the West Coast. So what part of West Coast did you grow up on? No, I actually did grow up in, in CBS. So my mom's side of the family is from Cadre Valley. Oh, okay. Uh, and my, my dad's uh, side of the family are from Little Catalina, Bonavista area. Um, I was actually born in Yellowknife, Northwest R- Territory. Really? I know. No I way. Know. So many people like don't know that about me. Uh, actually, it was a funny story. Years ago when I did the theater, uh, the Steamville Theater Festival, uh, I was, oh gosh, how old was I? Maybe early 20s, late teens. Wow. And the artistic director, Keith Pike, who's a dear friend of mine, he runs Theater St. John's. And uh, so he was the artistic director that year. And they flew in a lot of actors from Ontario who went to Sheridan. And so obviously they're coming from a ways. So at the end of the festival, everyone gets screeched in. And Keith caught wind that I wasn't actually born in Newfoundland. So he made me get screeched in with everybody else. <laughs> so I'm also an honorary Newfoundlander, but I would say I'm, I'm a Newfoundlander. Um, I can't say born and bred, but definitely bred. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. Now, of course, uh, growing up in the musical family, there's a ton of influences that, you know, your family draws on. Of course, uh, your mom played with uh, uh, Reg Watkins back in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, your uncle um, uh, has been a traditional music stalwart for many, many years. So uh, who are some of your inspirations for music? Well, I always say my mom, first and foremost. Uh, she was literally nine months pregnant with, with me on stage, so I would kick along to the beat, so I'm told. Wow. Uh, but yeah, my, my mom is a huge influence to me. I grew up listening to her sing a lot of the legends, so that's how I got introduced to Dolly Parton and, and Loretta Lynn and Patsy Cline. And then my dad is also a big country music fan, so I had a lot of Merle Haggard and, and Willie Nelson. So, you know, I kind of grew up around that. And also the 90s stars, the chicks, Shania Twain, I listened to a lot of that growing up. Um, but as a kid, I was also a big pop fan too. I was all into the Britney Spears and the and the Backstreet Boys and that stuff too. But um, for me now, I would say my mom is, is number one. Dolly Parton is number two, just in every sense of the word. She's a fantastic songwriter. She's not afraid to, like she paves the way for not just female artists, but any artist. Um, just as an entrepreneur and a writer and an artist and just a business person and um, just philanthropist. Like literally everything, every 
there's just no one better. <laughs> yeah. When you get more legendary than Dolly Parton. For sure. <laughs> just, yeah. Just crazy. And just so humble. Like Dolly is just such a kind human being and always looking for ways to give back. So, um, yeah, my mom and Dolly Parton, um, are, are way up there. Um, but then I also have like my own like artists that I love to listen to and kind of aspire to have a similar path. Uh, I really love Casey Musgraves. Uh, I love Jason Isbell and Rustin Kelly. I love Brandy Clark. Um, kind of the, the outsiders, not so much, you know, straight down the commercial lane, but those outsiders that cut the outlaws, you know, that, um, that are just, just amazing songwriters and, and artists and are unapologetic and just are just so authentic in, in what they, what they do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And it's good that you men- mentioned Casey Musgraves. I probably wouldn't call her an outsider anymore because she did win a Grammy a couple of years ago, but uh, it's true that she did true. go the not traditional route of doing uh country radio. Cause she, I don't think she was even considered for country radio uh, back then. And I don't think even now. Well, that's the thing. That's kind of why I kind of put her in that category is she's never had a number one at country radio. I don't even know if she's had a top 10, but she's won Grammys. So it's kind of this weird, like, I don't know why there has to be that separation. Like, why is radio so different from, you know, what, what that industry with the Grammys, you know, it's just, it's a weird disconnect. Yeah. Uh, but I just happen to love a lot of these Americana or, you know, kind of outside of the pop country world that, are just kind of blowing up and selling out theaters as opposed to, you know, getting, maybe getting a number one at radio. So that's, that's kind of the lane that I, I try, you know, if I can sell out the Ryman Auditorium, I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I think, it, cool. yeah. And especially now in a streaming world now, um, I think streams and uh, on Spotify and Apple music are really playing more of a factor into, you know, like, you know, what's good country, what's not good country and uh, yeah. what's successful and what's not. So, uh, Radio still has a lot of power when it comes to determining who's a hit maker and who's not, but uh, streaming is having more of an influence nowadays than, you know, radio. Yeah, streaming, is, streaming is coming up on their coattails, let me tell you. Coming up <laughs> on their heels uh, if they haven't surpassed the power of radio already. But, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting industry. Um, and it's cool, it's cool that it's always changing, <clears throat> but uh, it's, it's hard to navigate as, as an artist, for sure. Yeah, that is wonderful. And uh, your real first taste in music was, of course, with your family band, the Cormiers. Of course, yourself and your mom, Loretta Johnson, your uncle, Gordon Cormier, and your cousin, Randall Cormier. And uh, you released four albums uh, around that time span. Of course, three original albums and a Christmas album. Uh, So what led to the uh, Cormiers gig in the first place? Well, I think that my mom and uncle Gordon knew how much myself and my cousin Randall really gravitated towards music. And cause we just, we were like, like we said earlier, we grew up around a very musical family and you know, my first time on stage, I was three years old singing a Barney song. Oh, and from God. that moment on, you know, my parents were like, well, we need to put her in music lessons. Let's see if she wants to do some dance lessons. So I was like, the stage was a second home for me. Uh, and around the time that the Cormiers kind of came to be, I was starting to experiment a little more with songwriting and I just really wanted to, to kind of chase that. I just really loved being on stage and it was just such a beautiful opportunity to get to perform with two seasoned musicians already and be introduced to that world. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a very natural 
progression uh, with myself and Randall kind of coming together with my mom and my uncle to form this family band. And of course, you know, with the blood harmony and then all of us kind of playing different instruments. And I was on the keyboard. Keyboard was my main, my first instrument. So, uh, and then of course, Randall was on the drums and my mom played acoustic and my uncle Gordon basically played any instrument he put his hand on. <laughs> so, uh, it was, yeah, it was a very natural thing. And it's weird. I kind of like don't remember ever not being part of that band I feel like that's you know it's early memories and um I don't really remember what it was like not playing music in that way um but it was really cool it was you know my first time recording songs that I was a writer on uh got to hit the road and in a van and have to lug gear in and out of venues and just experiencing all those things so young I'm really thankful thankful for now uh because I'm I think I'm anywhere but green when it comes to that part of the industry so oh, uh, absolutely yeah. not and yeah so it's I loved it I mean obviously like 12 years old you're cranky wanting to carry help carry in monitors and stuff but <laughs> yeah. uh but no I'm I'm very I'm very thankful for it and a lot of friends that I made during that time in the industry or you know and mentors that I looked up to I still do do now and I'm friends with now so um yeah I'm I'm really appreciative of that that I got an early kickstart in in that side of the industry for sure and you really learned more about it just you know from the business side from the you know the technical side production side songwriting side too of course uh, one of the songs that really stuck Mm -hmm. out in my mind was moving away off the uh the shamrock thistle and rose and uh, I really loved your performance on that too so uh that's one that really sticks out in my mind it's so weird to hear hear that song now, like just in such a young voice. And but I think what was one of the coolest things to come from that song is now young girls are singing that song at like the Qantas Music Festival. Like I've had a few oh, wow. a few students, fellow music teachers, you know, and stuff that you know I've heard, I've seen videos or, or friends of mine that have adjudicated some of the Qantas Festival classes. Be like, oh, this kid just sang your song. I'm like, that's wild. That's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and it's pretty surreal, like, especially now when you are really just getting started in the industry. And he carried it on up yeah. until the the, uh, the end of the decade, really. Um, so what, yeah. are, what are some of your favorite memories uh, from those uh, days uh, in the family band? Uh, I mean, there was just so many. I always loved the, the recording process, um, whether that was, like, in a big studio. We recorded with Chatter Chick in Toronto for one of the records. And then we also did home recordings, like the, the last one I think we recorded um, in my parents' pool house. And my uncle Gordon had all his gear set up. And we oh, wow. It there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the recording process was always fun. And just being on the road with my family. My uncle Gordon is a ham. So, like, you're, you're never not laughing with my uncle Gordon in the same room. Uh, but it was so fun. And we had some really cool shows. Like, we got to open for Carol Don Johnson at a big festival. We got to open for Sammy Kershaw. You know, wow. we got to do some just really cool traveling. We got to tour Scotland as the homecoming Newfoundlanders. So there was a bunch of us, not just us as the family band, but there was a bunch of us that went over and toured all these beautiful little towns in Scotland. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of great memories with that band. Yeah, for sure. And, um, of course, you carried it on towards the end of the decade. Um, so mm-hmm. what, are some, what are some of the lessons that you took away from the Cormiers that you – really have now applied uh, to your career as a solo artist? Uh, I think it's, it's just a lot of hard work. It's like you kind of want to be able to, 
you kind of want to have your, I mean, for me as an independent artist, I like kind of having my hands dipped in as many things as possible and have creative input or input in general in so many things as possible and having the knowledge and um, just the experience and being able to, you know, to be a good entrepreneur for my mm-hmm. own business. Um, and I think being a part of that band so young, I took away a lot of like, okay, the behind the scenes that a lot of people don't really see from the outside in. I mean, people just see like, oh, here's a nice album. We wrote some songs and recorded them. Like, no, there's so much more to it. There's like, oh, yeah. you know, there's marketing and then there's, you know, hiring a band, scheduling rehearsals, and there's, you know, writing grants and there's booking, being your own booking agent. So there's like so many different hats you have to wear. And, you know, we had to wear all those hats too as a band and just kind of seeing my uncle Gordon and my mom kind of take that lead role. And then now that's kind of transitioned, you know, with me as a solo artist, I've had to wear that hat um, for so long myself that I really um, don't take for granted. And I feel that since I've had to wear a lot of those hats, I now appreciate what my team members do a lot more because I know how much work has to go into that. Oh. So some of those roles have transitioned, like like if Danny takes over some of those roles that I've done um, as my manager, I now I'm like, okay, I know how much work goes into that. So like, I really appreciate it. I'm able to appreciate what she does. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just experience and, and, and knowledge and education in the industry that um, I think is so important for an artist to know, to be able to uh, have their own back, you know? Exactly. And um, just from seeing you on social media and all the stuff that you've done behind the scenes, especially promoting, you know, your stuff and also shows that are coming up and, uh, you know, content you're putting out there, you work your ass off. And, um, and it's great. It's great. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Absolutely. And I've been around you and you put in that work. And uh, ever since Danny came on board uh, as your manager, you two have pretty much become like a tag team. And um, you Mm -hmm. really been killing it lately. So um, I uh, thank you. Thank you. And he's I feel all- very lucky to have Danny. She's she's been a good friend of mine for quite some time, and uh, she was also my radio promoter for years. So um, it was a very natural transition. Um, once I left my previous management team, uh, she just kind of filled that role, and it's just been the most beautiful, beautiful relationship. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, and uh, Taylor Entertainment is uh, – it's only the two of you right now. It's uh, yourself and uh, another artist that I haven't gotten the podcast yet. I'm trying to get on. Nick Earl, he's been uh, working his butt off, playing six nights a week downtown and uh, getting all these other gigs on top of it while recording an album. Um, I think you and uh, Nick are like two really good examples of you putting all the work in, working your butts off and uh, getting and reaping the rewards of those results, too. Um, So it's great to see uh, you guys really succeeding and um, really, uh, you know, flourishing as solo artists. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I love Nick. He's just ridiculously talented. Sometimes it pisses me off how talented he is. <laughs> but uh, and he's just so fun to be around. And uh, he's been actually playing a lot of shows with me as one of my guitar players. And he's just so fun to work with. And then he shines on his own, of course. Uh, yeah, it just he's just so much fun. And I'm so happy that he's on the Taylor Entertainment team and family. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, that is wonderful. And um, the more fun you've had uh, once you did leave the Cormiers, you went on to uh, join the Spirit of Newfoundland team. Of course, that uh, consists of Peter Halley, yeah. Shelley Neville, and uh, Keith Power, who is a, a cult personality in himself with a bunch of personas. And one of the most yeah. uh, notable ones was Shagaya yeah. Twain. And that was featured on your music with Malbec series, mm-hmm. which we will get to later on. So um, how did the Spirit of Newfoundland thing uh, come up, uh, Mallory? 
Um, to be honest, through my parents. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. Um, so my uh, my my dad, my mom and dad have been uh, going to a lot of Spirit of Newfoundland shows for years, and uh, my dad was great friends with um, Kathy Hicks. And Kathy, of course, is, was one of the owners of Spirit of Newfoundland, is one of the owners of Spirit of Newfoundland, along with Peter Halley. And uh, they knew that I was in, in the scene. Of course, they knew about the Cormiers. And uh, they were always kind of, you know, asking my dad, you know, when's Mallory going to make her way over here with us? And and then it got to that point. I was uh, maybe 18, 18, 19, just out of high school. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to audition for Spirit of Newfoundland. And... I remember showing up to the Masonic Temple, and I met with Peter. And I knew Peter; I'd seen him perform in a bunch of shows. But so I met up with Peter, and at the time, he was also giving a tour of the building to a couple that was looking for a wedding venue. And so I just kind of like tagged along on this tour, and he was introducing me to this couple as like one of the cast members for their new show. And I was like, "Oh, oh wow!" <laughs> I didn't know I was in the show, but. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't even really audition for Spirit Newfoundland, and then they kind of threw me in there to to one of their shows as one of the double cast, and it was so fun, uh, but also pretty scary. I'll never forget, um, it was like opening night for me, and I was taking over this role, and Sheila Williams was in my dressing room. We all know how funny Sheila Williams is. She's, oh my gosh, such a ham. And Sheila comes up behind me, and she says, I'm so nervous now. <laughs> like, just trying to psych me out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. Oh my. It's like, it's a lot of improv, right? You got to play off the audience. You have your punchlines. You have the buildup in the punchlines. Oh, yeah. Of course, like, you try to stick to the script as much as possible, but there's so much improv and sometimes the lines change. So you have to like kind of be oh, on yeah. the ball. And for somebody who, I do have a theater background. I've done so many musical theater productions but not so much in the improv, like dinner theater is very different from a, from a main stage production. Uh, but I never looked back. I absolutely love Spirit of Newfoundland. I owe so much to them in terms of like my performance chops and um, just having this, this humor and this, you know, I love bringing humor into my show as an artist. And I think Spirit of Newfoundland really helped shape that. And uh, yeah, it's, I've just, Every time I can do a show with them, I do. I still do shows with them now. Um, I was doing the Nashville night show with them whenever I've been home. And, uh, yeah, they're just amazing people and amazing family. And I've been so supportive of me um, in my solo artist stuff. I mean, every solo show I've done at home, whether it's an album release or just kind of a showcase, I always try to include them or or do it at their venue. And uh, they've just been the best family to be a part of. Oh, for sure, and uh, you really become friends with a lot of them, and especially Keith Power. And uh, you guys yeah. are really like best friends in a way because um, we, we are best friends. Keith is one of the good ones. I love that, love that guy. <laughs> and he's a guy that I definitely want to get on the podcast in the future because mm-hmm. he's had a he's got stories to tell. I would imagine himself. Oh yes, uh, you probably wouldn't get a lot of speaking time because he's a great storyteller. <laughs> he's <laughs> super fun. He's so witty. Uh, yeah, he's, I feel like he's, you know, obviously apart from Peter and, and Shelly, and he's the heart of Spirit of Newfoundland, and uh, yeah, he's just, he's so fun to watch, such a good entertainer, and just such a beautiful person. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
around the time of the mid-2010s, you decided to move to Nashville. And of course, uh, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in that musical family, uh, you were really heavily influenced by country music. And of course, your mom yeah. played uh, country music back in the 80s. So uh, why make the move to Nashville to pursue country music? I mean, Nashville was always the end goal for me. Uh, that was always the dream. I knew I wanted to end up there, or at least try to be there uh, at some point. But the, the door actually opened when I did um, this contest in, in St. John's, the um, Newfoundland's Next Country Star. Okay. And uh, and so that was, oh gosh, 2015. I think it was 2015. Um, and so it was like basically set up like an open mic. It was it was held across the whole province at different different bars, different pubs. And I came across the ad on Facebook. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go do it. It's like an open mic. You sing three songs. If the judges like you, then you move on to the semifinals and so on and so on. So that's what I did. And I ended up going straight to the finals and um, was very thankful that I got I won the competition, which was awesome. Awesome. Uh, it was a really it was a fun it was a fun gig that it was at the local pub in Torbay Road. And uh the bar was packed, and it's a lot of friends, a lot of family, uh, just a really good time. And so Trent Martin was one of the judges, and so he had the contact with Sammy Kershaw. And he had been in touch with Sammy, and he said, you know, like, we have this girl who just won this contest. Uh, we really believe in her. She's a songwriter as well, has some original music ready to go, ready to record. Uh, you know, do you have, like, any advice for us, like, like any kind of mentorship kind of ideas or interested in producing something. Um, so Sammy said, okay, well, let me listen to some of her stuff. Let me check her out on YouTube or whatever. I'll get back to you. And then within, I think it was within the week. Oh, it's been so long now. I'm, I'm, my timelines are a little messed up, but I think it was with, within the week we set up a conference call with Sammy and Trent and uh, Sammy's management team, the Holland group. And basically, Sammy said, I want to co-manage her. Me and, me and Trent and Holland Group at the time, wow. you know, I'll co-manage me. And he was like, I want to bring her to Nan- Nashville, and I want to produce um, a whole record. So I was like, okay, let me just look at my plane ticket. <laughs> so I literally, like, me and mom brought mom with me. And so we went down to Nashville, and... I remember, you know, obviously doing all the sightseeing stuff the first couple of days, you know, we do the Hall of Fame and, and Broadway and and then I was at the Grand Ole Opry for the first time and, and Rascal Flats was the headliner and my phone started ringing in the middle of Rascal Flats set and I look at my phone and it has like Sammy Kershaw written across the screen. I was like, this is so wild. And so I had to step outside and answer this, answer Sammy. I was like, Hi, and he could hear all the loud music, right? So he was in his very thick accent, which I'm not going to do now. But in his thick <laughs> accent, he was like, you know, what are you what are you doing? Are you out partying? You've got to be in the studio tomorrow. I was like, I'm at the Grand Ole Opry watching Rascal Flats. I promise I won't stay up late. <laughs> and so he picked us up the next day. We went down to Franklin and all these crazy studio musicians that have played on everybody's records. And it was just such a whirlwind. And then... What was even cooler is after that experience, uh, we went back, me and mom went back to the hotels. We had a couple days tracking in the studio in Franklin with the band. And then Sammy picked me and my mom up in his tour bus and we went to Muscle Shoals 
Alabama and cut all my vocals. Wow. So getting to record in the iconic Muscle Shoals. It wasn't at Fame Studio, but still, like Muscle Shoals, it was nuts. Um, so that was like really wild and just such an awesome experience and just so validating. Um, and I just felt like, okay, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. so that kind of, that opened the door to Nashville. Um, and at the time I was getting ready to move to Toronto. So I was, I wasn't moving to Nashville yet at that point. Um, so I, I moved to Toronto with a couple of my bandmates and, uh, I was there for about a year and then while I was in Toronto, I was working on my work visa for the U.S. Oh, wow. So then I made the move to, uh, yeah, I made the move to Nashville in 2017. Okay. End of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, that was kind of what got me there. That's crazy. And um, you said uh, when you were playing with the Cormiers, you got to uh, meet, uh, you got to perform with, like, Sammy Kershaw and Carolyn Don Johnson. And believe it or not, yeah. you wrote a song with Carolyn yeah. Don Johnson um, on your most recent album, Surprise Party. And mm-hmm. Sammy Kershaw produced your uh, debut EP, which is, of course, titled Mallory Johnson. Yeah. And, um, of course, some of the songs that were on that yeah. record were Tupelo, the first single, and uh, Good Mistake to Make. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were, like, the standout tracks for me, in my opinion. And uh, Tupelo was one of my favorite tracks that you've ever done. So, um, but whatever we had on the Surprise Party. That's a really... Yeah, Tupelo is still one of my favorite ones to play live, like with the band. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be bringing that song back this summer in a bunch of our shows. For sure. For sure, yeah. And um, so, but the one thing I noticed from this debut EP, a lot of it was, like, you know, written by, like, a lot of Nashville songwriters. You only have one song that you wrote by yourself, yeah. and that was uh, What Bunnies Can Do. And I think <laughs> I've played that before. <laughs> but um, uh, on the note of that... Yeah. Um, what was it like to uh, have your own uh, album out of, uh, you know, country songs that really you grew up listening to uh, when you were growing up in the uh, 80s and 90s? I mean, it was just really cool to have, you know, with this with this album, we we're talking about the EP, right? Correct. About Surprise Party. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just really cool to have this project that, like, first of all, produced by a 90s country star. And that, that itself was a full circle moment. Uh, the fact that we opened for Sammy like literally a decade before that and then he's producing this record is wild uh, and and to be able to cut songs like have access to songs by these hit writers like Gordy Sampson who I look up to so much uh, you know Hillary Lindsay you know they, they wrote Jesus Take the Wheel so like the fact yeah. that I have their names on that project is pretty wild um, Steve McEwen another big writer um, yeah, there's some pretty amazing, amazing credentials in the liner notes on that project. Um, and we actually, we recorded about, I want to say we recorded 10 songs for that project, um, but we narrowed it down to six and made it an EP. And, and most of my originals are the ones that got cut. At the time, I was a little bit sour about yeah, it because I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want my songs on there. But, uh, but um in hindsight, I'm really happy that those songs didn't make it on there because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that thing as a song, right? It's like your cost, it's a muscle that you're working and, you know, with time and experience, you get better at. So I'm just like, I'm kind of thankful some of those songs I've never seen the light of day. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of that project. I'm glad the bunny song made it on there. Like I said, I like to have a bit of humor in my set and in my writing. So I'm glad that one made it on there. 
but yeah, I'm really, I'm proud of that project. Um, that, that project opened a lot of doors for me in terms of shows and, and awards. It took home an ECMA, which was really cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I love that project for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that really like, uh, you know, opened up the doors to, uh, the process of recording uh, your full-length debut, and um, you yeah. released a digital 45. Um, I don't think 45s are even released anymore these days, so to have a digital 45 was pretty cool. So uh, it consisted of Hung Over and Drunk mm-hmm. Mind, Sober Heart. Of course, you've shot both of those here in uh, in St. John's. I think the mm-hmm. Drunk Mind, Sober Heart was shot mostly at the Bull and Barrel, and I think Hung Over yeah. was shot at Loose Tie. It was. You got it. Loose tie. Loose tie and full and barrel. Yeah. And it's it's really fun to to go home and because um, obviously, like, I love Tino. I love Lex. I love, like, every, those two bars are the, probably the places you're going to see me on George Street, the full and barrel or Greensleeves. And uh, they were just so wonderful when we wanted to, to shoot the videos there. And what's really cool is, like, every time I go into the full and barrel, they always play, like, local musicians' music videos on their TVs at the bar. I, th- I so, think like, that's really cool. So often I see, I see Drunk Finds Over Heart being played in there, which is, which is pretty awesome. But, uh, but yeah, I, that's one thing for me that I hope to continue is I love incorporating um, home into the project, whether that's lyrically in a place here and there, like in Surprise Party, I reference some of the streets uh, at, at home and... Uh, and, but mainly for the music videos, I love including people that I love um, and people who are part of my life um, because it's a little time capsule. And I love to go back and watch these things and be like, oh, my gosh, look at dad or, you know, look at my look at my friend Tanya. Look at this friend. Look at that. You know, so it's uh, it's really it's really special. Um, it's really special projects to be able to to, uh, you know, make those music videos at home, get to rewatch them. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And um, you actually did some videos uh, yourself and uh, your brother, Cecil Johnson, who runs Tuckamore Productions. And uh, those were really high-quality music videos, mm-hmm. and they're fantastic. So um, you spawned a, a series Thank on you. the side of it just around the 2019-2020 time period. It was called Music with Malbec. And uh, there are some really good ones on there. Yeah. I mean, you've done a cover of uh, Cover Me Up with Andrew Rogers, of course, a Jason Isbell tune, and um, Shagaya Twain, which I mentioned, yeah. um, No One Needs to Know. And uh, you've done some with Twin Kennedy as well. Of course, you co-wrote Wise Woman together, which we'll get to uh, momentarily. But uh, tell me a little bit about the Music with Malbec series and uh, what was the idea behind that? Really, it was just to... The original thought process behind that was to release good quality content. Uh, You know, I was in between projects and I wanted to stay relevant. I wanted to keep momentum going. Uh, and you know, I thought, well, what better way than to have these cool video content projects? Uh, and the idea was, I don't really remember who came up with Malbec. I mean, probably me. I love puns, but, uh, (laughs) I don't know if I can take the, I don't know if I should take the credit just in case it wasn't me, but, uh, but yeah, I just wanted this cool, like one shot live. I didn't want any bells and whistles. I didn't want any tuning or anything like that. I just wanted it as if you were sitting in the room watching somebody play. I wanted that kind of effect. Um, and of course, like having my brother, you know, a part of it is just the icing on the cake and kind of having access to him like that is, you know, I, I know how lucky I am to have a brother who's a videographer. Uh, but yeah, so it was just really cool to collaborate with, with friends and cover songs that we all really love. Um, and just have cool content to put out because everyone loves a, a good cover song. 
And uh, yeah, music with Mal Beck. I like wine. The whole idea was music, friends, and wine. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope to I hope to do more of them. I had lots of in, I had the intention of doing more, but other projects just kind of got in the way. Cecil's schedule gets crazy. Mine gets crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to do more of them for sure. And um, Cecil, I played, think played a big part in the next song that you put out, which was Wise Woman. And of yeah. course, uh, I mentioned that uh, you did a uh, music with Malbec with Twin Kennedy, and you actually co-wrote Wise Woman together. Of course, Julie and uh, yeah. Carly Kennedy, they're called Twin Kennedy. And uh, I felt that's become a signature song for you, Wise Woman. Of course, uh, some really poignant lines, like another year um, has, uh, I forget that line, but uh, girl power shouldn't come with a price yeah. and you know i'm right that's a yeah. line that's really poignant for me so uh tell me a little bit about wise woman and uh what was the process uh of writing that yeah that's that's a special one um and probably one of the most important songs you know i kind of say this you know when i introduce a song at every show it is one of the most important songs i've ever been a part of 100%. and i still remember the day that i went over to julie and carly's place they were living together at the time and I came over and, and, you know, with my bottle of wine, it was the evening. So when you're going over to your friend's house, you don't, with the intention of writing, it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes it just turns into a girl's night and you just <laughs> gossip and drink. So I didn't have any expectations for that night. Um, but so we went out and we were sitting on the back patio, like pretty string lights that Julie's, uh, Julie's boyfriend had hung up and had the bottle of wine open, a little charcuterie board on the table and, and then Carly grabbed her guitar. She said, you know, I have I have his title and a few lines that I wrote down that I think we should write together. I think it'd be really, really cool. I'm really excited about it. Carly said, the title is Wise Woman. I immediately was like, okay, where is she going with this? I got goosebumps already. <laughs> and uh, then she, she sang a couple of lines. And it was a different tempo than what you hear. It was more of like a, it wasn't straight. It was kind of more swung. But she had the couple lines written down. Um, oh gosh, it was one a couple of lines in the first verse. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to remember which ones it was, but it, we kept it. And I immediately started crying, and Julie started crying, even though Julie had heard Carly sing a couple of these lines before I even came over. And we all just kind of got emotional, and just spent the night just kind of talking about our stories. Um, about being a, a woman in a very male-dominated industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and not, we don't want to bash the guys. Like, I'm not about, you know, bringing guys down. I Because there's a lot of amazing men in this industry that, that lift us and support us. And, and me, personally, for the most part, I have always felt respected, um, especially when it comes to, like, live shows and, and things like that. But there have definitely been moments in songwriting sessions or in production sessions where I felt some of my ideas were overlooked or maybe not taken as seriously or uh, being told I was too picky about things when I should have been more picky. So I had the kind of these stories myself. And then of course the twins had their own, their own stories about, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, we just cried and, and wrote about our personal experience and we both, we all loved the song. So I wanted to cut it. The twins wanted to cut it, and so we were like, well, why don't we make this a duet, or essentially a trio, because there's three of us, but Twin Kennedy and Mallory Johnson. And so that's what we did, and uh, it was just kind of just this beautiful project that we did together, and then it started to catch fire a little bit, and 
uh, women in so many different industries started to resonate with the lyrics and we started getting really cool media um, jumping on board with it. Like Billboard was talking about it and like, it was just, and we had like an NPR um, radio thing, radio interview on it. It was just really cool to kind of see it catch this kind of fire. And then of course our, our industry uh, jumped on board with the two, which was so special with Music Anel and, and ECMA and CCMA. Uh, the song grew into, of course, the music video, which my brother um, directed. But we had multiple videographers across North America work on this. We we filmed in Newfoundland, we filmed in BC, we filmed in Nashville. All of these women in all walks of life, <clears throat> and uh, it was just such a special, special project. We got to have our moms in the video, our best friends, our our nieces, our uh, well, my nephew was in it. Uh, you know just our mentors, our teachers, there were so many amazing, amazing people involved in that video. And then to kind of see it get the recognition that it did with the industry was just a cherry on top. And uh, that was just so wonderful. And then of course, then the video turned into a show, which was another, another step up again. And, you know, some of these artists and writers that we looked up to so much, just like immediately we're like, of course we'll be involved. Like no questions asked. Didn't even know how much they were getting paid. They were like, we're going to do it. <laughs> like I remember texting Car- Carolyn and I was like, Hey, we're doing this, this show with the Canadian consulate. Uh, it's going to be at the analog. She, do you want to play a song? And she was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, we haven't even sent you the official pitch, but yay. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just like so surreal to sit down at like, and this was during the pandemic. So everything was like oh, the yeah. safety protocol, like social distancing. It was very important for us to very strategically plan um, how it was going to happen. And I remember me and Julie and Carly were just sitting in this beautiful venue, like just us and the camera crew. And Carolyn Don Johnson is on this stage singing to us. And we're like front row seat. We're producing a show. And this legend is just singing in our show. And we just like, we were just crying. We were just like, this is so cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was just such a special project and just such a beautiful way to champion women. Uh, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really thankful for what, what that song turned into. So, yeah. So um, <clears throat> on that note, um, did you expect the song to take off like it did? I mean, I don't think we expected it, but we were hopeful that it would resonate uh, with a lot of people um, just based on reaction from playing it live. Like I, as soon as we wrote the song, before we even recorded it, I started playing it in some of my shows and I'll never forget the moment that I played it in Bonavista for the Coastal Women event or the Coastal Women Festival. And so the other women involved, it was Janet Call, Rachel Cousins, Rosemary Lawton, Melanie O'Brien, uh, was that it? I feel like that might have been it. Um, and we all we were all performing these events all weekend, and I tested out Wise Woman, and I sang it once at one of the shows, and then after the show, we were all jamming in the in the band house, <laughs> nice. and with you know wine and just you know passing the guitar around, and they were all like, "Can you sing Wise Woman?" And I was like, oh, okay. So I sang Wise Woman, and they were singing along with it already. Wow. And it was the most special experience. I still have a video of it that I've shared on social media of that moment where we're all just kind of jamming and just singing this song. And to this day, that's my favorite performance of that song, was just sitting down in a kitchen with these amazing women. And just, yeah, it was just the most amazing feeling. And 
just playing it for different rooms and different people and just the responses that it would get, I was like, okay, we have something, we have something here. So yeah, it's been, like I said, we didn't expect it, but we were hopeful and you know, then it's just cool. Like I said, to see it catch fire. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And uh, I actually did get to experience uh, you, Rachel and Janet performed this at your album release show at the spirit of Newfoundland uh, back in October. And that was a great performance. And uh, those two women, uh, that you played uh, alongside, um, they are a tour de force themselves. I mean, Janet Calls, uh, one of yeah. probably Newfoundland's most underappreciated and underrated female vocalist. She's so powerful uh, on stage and yeah. just her voice is in- insane. And Rachel's probably mm-hmm. the standard bearer right now for pop music in this province. And just the music that she's put out over the past five years since she's been in the genre, she's been killing it too. Yeah, it's a it's so awesome to see. Uh, like you said, they're they're the biggest, some of the biggest voices coming out of that province um, and beyond. I don't like to limit them to the province. Oh, no. They're, you know, they're just ridiculous. I mean, Janet, as an entertainer alone, not even considering how crazy her vocals are, as an entertainer, she's just incredible and just mesmerizing to watch. And, I mean, and Rachel's voice is just like butter. I don't think I've ever heard her sing a bad note. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I felt really, I was so excited to have them on the release show and kind of bring that moment from Bonavista back to that to that moment. So, yeah. For sure. Now, um, 2022, uh, you were in the process of, uh, you know, completing the, the debut album, Surprise Party. But in the middle of that, you were part of the uh, Sirius XM's Top of the Country competition, and you were a semi-finalist with a song called Wedding Band. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the, that particular tune, and um, did you expect that tune to do so well uh, for you? Well, that one was, uh, that's one of my favorite songs, actually, that um, that I've written. I wrote that with a really great friend of mine, Ryan Sorstad, and that song is, I guess, it's not out. I mean, the only version of that that's out is is with Sirius XM. And uh, that was a song, so I was already part of the program, and then I brought that song in to be the one that I recorded. So um, that one hasn't had its moment yet, I don't think. And I, I mean, earlier when I said, you know, I'm working on new music, that might be thrown into the mix with that Please. new music. Because I, I do love that song so much, and uh, I think it needs its moment to shine. And uh, you've also debuted some songs uh, as well. Like, uh, there is one that... Um, I did hear, uh, I think it was called Suitcase, and you played it at, like, your album release show and also at a songwriter circle during Music Celebration Week last year in Cornerbrook. And uh, I can't wait to see what you got cooking um, when it comes to the new record, which I'd imagine, uh, again, you said you're in the very early stages. But once you do get new uh, tunes out, let me know, and I'll spin them for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about some of the new stuff I'm writing. And like you said, I've I've kind of tested a few songs out. Uh, and, and some of the shows. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> now, um, one song that really took off uh, from this brand new album was Married. And uh, it was actually one mm-hmm. of the new trending tracks uh, as part of Stingray Radio. And uh, it had an appearance on the Billboard country charts. It charted on the top 50. So uh, tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about Married, which you got to write with Jason Conroy and Car- or Caroline Conroy or Jason, Jason Blaine and Caroline Conroy. Yes. And, uh, Jason Blaine and Patricia Conroy. Patricia Conroy. Okay, that that that's wrong. Yeah. So uh, Patricia, don't don't uh, don't get mad at me because <laughs> I messed up her names. name. But um, it's a lot of names. It's all good. But um, that song really blew up for you as well. So um, tell me a little bit more about that song, Married, and uh, what was it like for you to like have that song chart in the Billboard country charts? I mean, it was wild. I knew with this new um, this new album, I wanted to kind of 
come out with a bang with that. I didn't want to like ease people into the new project. I wanted to be like, no, this is the song we're shooting for. This We're putting all our eggs in this basket. Um, put all the power behind this, this single. Um, and I'm so happy we did. I love oh, yeah. this song so much. I remember we, we wrote it over zoom because of course it was, you know, pandemic time. Yep. It's a bad word yep. these days. Pandemic. I hate it. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was done over zoom and, I remember kind of bringing this, I brought in the line, um, I want the wedding, but I don't want to get married. I think that's what I, I brought in. Um, again, the humor, the ham and me from Spirit of Newfoundland days, like I like to be funny. And I was like, I think this is a hilarious take on a wedding song. And I uh, just kind of described the concept to them and, and they loved it. They, they wanted to run with it. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially like now going back, listening to the work tape from, work tape from the session. Uh, Jason Blaine was the one singing the work tape. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was hilarious to, to bring that into my pre-production session with, with uh, Kent, who produced the record. So uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Kent swamped it up, gave it some swing, and uh, and just made it super, super cool. And just this, the session players on that track just monsters they're awesome uh and yeah it's you know and there was a lot of like you know when we talk about behind the scenes to kind of get the song where it was i mean marketing the team that i had to market and kind of creative ideas behind promotion um you know we sent radio dates for the song we uh you know we had these stickers that like you know uh married had married like just married but had married crossed out and like all of these like cool fun promotional things and of course the music video too i actually threw myself on wedding was crazy that that was <laughs> yeah. a really good video thank you yeah no i i love that that project and and everything that song did yeah and uh that really was the the Kickstarter to this brand new record, which you put out last October, and that's a phenomenal album, and it deserves the awards that it got, and I think it'll soon, uh, eventually, will get. Um, so, Surprise Party came out, and that's your first full-length album, and um, for one time or another, and uh, once upon a time, actually, it was number two on the iTunes country charts, right behind Lainey Wilson, but you were ahead of Shania Twain at one point, which was pretty nuts. <sighs> We tried hard to kick her out, but no, it's okay. I'm very happy to be number two to Lainey Wilson. She's incredible. And that album is amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'm in good company. If I can be number two next to Lainey Wilson, that's good company. <laughs> For sure. Now, um, how relieved did you feel to finally have your own album out after working, like, four or five years to, you know, put it together and, you know, put it out to the world? It's a weird feeling because a part of it's relief but then a part of it is like oh no now what you know it's kind of like you okay. already have to be in that mindset yeah. of like how do I follow that up you know but like what's the next thing which is kind of like sad when it, it comes to you know being an artist and putting your stuff out there but it definitely has this kind of this grieving process where it's like oh my gosh I worked on this for so long and now it's out there for people to judge and I'm like it's no longer just mine and it's also like, now what do I need to work on? You know, I mean, obviously you're touring that album and doing all the things. So like that has a, a big life to it, but you're already kind of like wheels turning up. you like, okay, like what's, what's the next thing kind of, kind of situation. So, but there definitely was, there was a sense of relief being like, oh, okay, I'm proud of myself. And like, here's the tangible 
piece of work that I've, you know, put so much into mm-hmm. uh, and just hoping people like it. So, yeah. I mean, you should be proud of yourself. It's a tremendous album, top to bottom. And uh, some of the songs I've played on the podcast, I've played on VOWR in the past. It's great uh, country music. And it's really like, again, I've said this, um, I think we said this either off the air or during this interview. It reminds me of the 90s uh, uh, country stars that really dominated, like your your uh, um, Trisha Yearwoods or uh, your Patty Lovelaces, your Pam Tillis's, Shania's, Faith Hill's. It's That's great. interesting. That surprises me actually that you that you feel like you can hear '90s because for for me, I mean, that's great if that's what you love and that's what you hear. That's awesome. Uh, but when we went in to record the project, we were thinking like like some of the influences was like like Brandy Clark and Haley Witters, a little bit of Casey, you know, kind of these different sounds um, that were kind of more of a traditional. But I mean, obviously, there's some like pop. I guess you can see some of the '90s kind of flutter in there. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that it's cool. It's cool to hear the different perspectives taken away from that. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, 2023, this past year, um, you're actually, uh, I say by the time this does air, I think the second round of voting for the CCMAs would have already concluded. But um, 2023, you have received the country recording of the year for a surprise party. Um, what was going through your mind uh, when you have found out that you won? Uh, I was honestly surprised. <laughs> Unintended. Unintended, right? So, uh, but yeah, no, I was shocked. Like we said off air before, you know, before we started, I was like getting ready to clap for whoever was going to win. Like I, I didn't expect it, uh, especially because when that application process went in, um, the album was so early, like it didn't have its legs yet. So it didn't have, you know, the media support or the streaming numbers or, you know, anything like that that normally you know, should be taken into consideration with a project in terms of the success of the project. Uh, so to have a jury and to have the organization just believe in this album and, and just love the music for what it was um, and everyone who had been involved and they see the amount of work that was put into it, uh, it just meant, it meant a lot. It always means a lot just to be nominated, um, just to be recognized in that way. But but to win that award, it was, I was genuinely surprised, obviously very excited, very happy. Um, forget everything I said and the acceptance speech I usually do. I never prepare. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really, really special, special uh, music celebration week and um, really awesome to have, to have Danny there. It was her first time at the ECMAs. Oh, wow. And, like she was like a proud mom for me and Nick and it was just like so cool. And, uh, and of course my parents were there. My brother was at the East attended for the first time and he won his award. He won for video director of the year. So it was really cool that nice. both of us got to accept an award at the same event. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was just special all around. Now, um, on the note of the album, uh, you mentioned, uh, a lot of, uh, great answers to all the songs that I've, we talked about, of course, wise woman, Married, uh, mm-hmm. Drunk Mind, Sober Heart, Hung Over, um, Surprise Party, Party Dress. Uh, what is your favorite song on the album? I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your favorite song from the, the new oh, record? You can, you can put me on the spot. I have, different, <laughs> I have different favorites for different reasons. I mean, I love Married because it's super fun live and always oh, yeah. getting the crowd reaction off of some of those lines. Uh, Surprise Party, obviously, that's, a, that's another one. That's kind of the song that kind of well, was the light bulb moment when it was written. It was like, okay, this is now the title of the whole record. Uh, I do love Surprise Party. 
Um, not your heart, I think, might take the cake. I uh, that's that might be my favorite, in ter- especially in terms of production. I love the production on that. I love the mix on that. Jay Took did so good mixing that. I remember when I was trying to figure out who was going to be the mixing engineer, and Jay was like, "Hey, can you just send me the stems and let me just give it a go? And if you like it, awesome. We'll run with the whole record. If not, I'll put you on to who I think should mix it." Yeah. And uh, Jay literally one mix back for that song, and I was like that can go to master nice like, i didn't even have any notes i was like which is the first time ever i usually have notes <laughs> but <laughs> he sent that mix back and i was like dude like he got me and what i wanted immediately and uh, of course ken's production and, and his direction on the song yeah it was just i love that song so much that's wonderful. Now, um, we mentioned Kent. Well, we're going to mention Kent Wells for a moment because uh, he was yeah. the producer of the record, and I believe the exact producer of the record as well. And um, so, Kent Wells actually worked with Dolly Parton uh, back in the day. I believe she produced. Oh, that's that's wicked. So, uh, yeah, he's her he's her band leader. His her guitar player. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, what's it like to work with someone who's worked with uh, you know one of your idols? I mean, it's pretty darn cool to be in the room with somebody. It's like a two-degree separation from, you know, <laughs> the mountaintop of an idol. But, uh, but yeah, it was just wild. He's so humble and so kind and just, just so amazing. He's amazing at what he does and just made me feel like every single thing I wanted to say um, mattered. Um, he always wanted to include... Even though he was the producer, he let me wear the producer hat a lot, I think, in terms of the creativity and, and what sounds I wanted or what sounds I didn't want, um, even in, like, the mixing phases and stuff like that. Um, he just made me feel so comfortable and, you know, made me feel like, no, like, these songs that you're writing, you should cut them. He's like, I don't think you need to go in and, and write any more songs. I think what you have is good enough for this project. And I was like, <laughs> it makes you feel good. Nice. But, uh, you know, especially from someone of that caliber who's literally like, he was, plays with Reba and Dolly. So it's like, it was just wild. Uh, and then I got to sing some of my vocals on the mic he uses with Dolly. So like, it's just, it was just so bizarre and in the coolest way. Um, and a lot of the session players are her band as well. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it was just, it was really special. And I mean, I love every project that I've gotten to record and each producer brought really special things to each project. Uh, but for that, for me, it was just really amazing to just kind of sit down with him and hear his stories and, and just learn. Uh, and just, yeah, he was it's just a cool guy, a cool guy. And he's super awesome. And you he had no ego. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you and I believe Kelly Loder's another person. Uh, of course, you worked on Stick Around With Her. You were just having pinch-me moment after pinch-me moment after pinch-me moment. And they're mm-hmm. slowly becoming reality. And sometimes you really just got to take a step back. And I'm just like, okay, uh, I'm a, um, I'm a singer-songwriter for Conception Bay South. Um, am I really working with uh, Dolly Parton's band leader right now? So, like, pinch me. I must be dreaming, right? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of pinch me moments, you know, back from, you know, when we were talking about Sammy, like those full circle, those full circle things. And then getting to write with Carolyn Don Johnson, another full circle moment. And, you know, it's just it's a really it's a really cool industry that way. And sometimes that's right. I kind of need to take a step back, look at my vision board 
that I keep in my bedroom on my dresser and like be like, oh my gosh, I can take this off my vision board because I did that. I can take this off because I did that. I need to like put different things on there now. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's been really amazing um, and just really cool to, to learn from a lot of these people that I would have been starstruck, still am starstruck by. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, in Nashville kind of gives me more opportunity to do that, which is why it's cool to live here. Uh, you know, to be surrounded by, by those idols and those mentors all the time. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool for sure. Yeah. So uh, we covered a lot of crown in this conversation. So uh, yeah. I just want to change the, the subject here for a moment. So what's one thing that we don't know about you that we like to, that you would uh, like to share with us? Well, I think I answered that already. I was born in Yellowknife. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Yellowknife and screeched in. Uh, that's probably my answer for that because I don't, like I said, I'm kind of boring outside of music. I don't really have a life outside of that. I mean, I love Harry Potter, as you can maybe be able to see in the background. Um, I'm a little bit of a nerd, I guess, but who's not these days? I feel like being a nerd is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, being a nerd is awesome. Yeah, being a nerd is great. Yeah, I don't have a lot going on outside of music. (laughs) Well, one thing I'm a big nerd of is looking back at old old songs. I was talking to one of my buddies um, uh, a a day or two ago, and uh, we were discussing how, how, like, um, um, so uh, Quiet Riot were here in the province uh, not too long ago, actually, by the time that this eventually does air. Um, and uh, I talked about, mm-hmm. like, hey, um, you haven't heard of Quiet Riot yet? Have you ever heard Come On, Feel the Noise? And that how that was actually a cover by Slade that they did in 1973. And Quiet Riot made that famous in 1983. And I basically told them, like, some of the best uh, songs uh, were really cover songs. I mean, you look at Elton John, yeah. and he covered Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and that ended up becoming number one. And John Lennon actually played yeah. on that song on backing vocals, which... Uh, I just love researching that stuff. And that's one thing I love about being a music nerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love deep diving into all these cuts and be like, oh, this person actually didn't write this. Oh, this person did write this. Yeah, it's cool. You could you could go down that rabbit hole forever. You know, it's it's fun. It's fun for sure. Now, um, of course, uh, with your schedule coming up, um, you're going to be opening for Washboard Union as part of the George Street Festival coming up. On um, July 31st, I'm thinking, yes. um, I know it's the 30th, yeah. Carter Snow is going to be opening for Loud Luxury, which is great. Um, so, mm-hmm. And you're also going to be doing a few dates with Serena Ryder and Woody Point. So what else is next for you? And tell me a little bit more about those dates in, the, in particular. Yeah, I am stoked. I This is my first time playing George Street Festival, uh, doing my own set. I've backed up a couple artists in the past. Um, last year, I backed up Carolina East. Was that last year or was it the year before? I can't remember. Time's weird. Um, but yeah, so I've been on that stage as, you know, part of the band before, but never doing my own solo set. So I'm so excited awesome. to, to get on that stage in front of the hometown crowd. And um, yeah, I'm just pumped for that. And of course, Serena Ryder. I mean, I, uh, you know, just, I'm just such a big fan and getting to, to warm the stage for her in like a theater listening room kind of, kind of thing is is ideal. I mean, I'm so, so excited for that. Um, yeah. So the plan is, plan is to do a lot of touring, you know, to close out the year. That's, that's the goal. Um, and maybe early into the new year. So yeah. So people should keep an eye on 
the tour dates because they could be increasing. <laughs> For sure. And I cannot wait to see you here in Newfoundland when you do uh, when you do eventually drop by. And I imagine you'll be home again um, come October when Music Celebration Week takes place in yes. St. John's. I mean, Cornerbrook was a blast, but doing it here in St. John's too, like where, where like, uh, this is pretty much my home base too. Um, getting to do it here is going to mm. be awesome. And we definitely need to yeah. do something again when that comes. But um, to wrap up yes. here, for people who want to find out more about your tour dates, what new tunes you got on the go, and what else do you have uh, coming up in the next couple of months, uh, where can they go? They can go to my website, which is MalloryJohnsonMusic.com. And there, like, all of my social media links are there. But uh, if you just want to look me up individually, like, on the individual um, social media platforms, I'm either Mal Johnson Music. I think that's for Instagram and Twitter and maybe TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and Facebook is Mallory Johnson Music. Wow. Uh, this has been a fun conversation. <laughs> I really enjoyed this to go over your career and what you've done over the past 20 years. I mean, going from the Cormiers to the Spirit of Newfoundland wow. to um, your solo career to Wise Woman to this new record and also all the awards that you've received. And I would assume, uh, and I would imagine you're gonna be receiving much, much more once CCMAs come uh, wrap up and also Music NL uh, awards come up too, because Surprise Party I think is eligible this year for an award. So uh, mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see you again. And uh, thanks again for doing this. I know you're a very busy lady. And um, thanks again, once again, for joining me on the Musical Connections podcast. It's been a long time coming. You have a wonderful day and congratulations on all the all of the all the success you're having. Uh, thank you so much, Zach. This has been super fun to catch up and I uh, really appreciate you uh you chatting with me. Um and yeah, I can't wait to to catch up again at Music and L Week. Probably see you before that, but uh but yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks for having me. Always great to catch up with Mallory Johnson. You can get her brand new album Surprise Party wherever you get your music too, whether it be in store or online. And right now, here is Mallory's favorite tune from her album, Surprise Party, This Is Not Your Heart, right here on Musical Connections.
That wraps up episode 33 of Musical Connections. A big thank you to Mallory Johnson for joining me as my guest. If you want to become a guest in the podcast or would like to send in your music for newfound releases, once again, the email is musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. Join me next week as we talk to singer-songwriter Peter Vance as he embarks on a brand new direction in the country music genre. And of course, we'll have some great newfound releases to boot, so make sure you tune in next week at 12 noon when Musical Connections drops once again. New episodes drop every Tuesday at 12 noon, Newfoundland Standard Time on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for connecting once again this week. I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, stay home. Music